Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. Let's go to the word of the Lord, Matthew chapter 8. Good to have also Sister Gina back also from her trip to the U.S. Uh, she ministered a ladies' conference there. And uh, uh, we didn't get to see each other, even though we were there in the same time. She was on the other side. I was in the Midwest. But uh, what we do in this church, it is our custom to stand for the reading, the initial reading of God's word in honor of the word of God. And we go to Matthew chapter 8, verse number 1, verse number 10. I want to thank all the ministers, Brother Ben, for looking after the church while we were away, all the ministers that have preached the last couple of weeks. I heard some outstanding messages. And uh, we're very, very blessed in this church to have great leadership. Amen. And uh, I know my wife is thankful that I'm home, kind of. She says it's a little quieter. It's less messy when I'm not around. She doesn't have to cook as much. Uh, I'm so happy to be home. Matthew 8, we're going to read 10 verses. Uh, 8 from verse 1. It says, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Everyone say, Willing. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Notice the willingness of our Lord. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. The Roman centurion had an understanding of authority, of how the principles of authority and power works. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Amen. I want to talk to you today for a short time on this thought, willing and able. Willing and able. Let us pray. Let's pray for Brother Joe. Uh, he's not well. Uh, and uh, let's ask the Lord to bring healing to our brother. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, Lord, for what we feel in this house. Your holy presence, Lord God, that we are privileged to stand before. We exalt you, Lord, really in our hearts. We magnify you and exalt you over all that is in our lives. Because we know that you hear our prayers. We ask you to pray. We ask you to touch uh, Brother Joe, that you would heal him now in Jesus' name. Others, Lord God, that are sick, Lord, we ask you to touch them. 
to manifest your power and your glory, Lord. In Jesus' name, speak to us through your word. Anoint your servant as we give you thanks and praise. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Would you clap your hands and give thanks to the Lord for his word? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Only twice in the Gospels do we read that Jesus ever named somebody as having great faith. He's often seen or we often read of Jesus asking his disciples, where is your faith or how is it that you have so little faith? But twice only, only twice we see Jesus naming somebody as having great faith. How many want to have great faith here today? One of them was, of course, the Syrophoenician woman who had interceded on behalf of her daughter who was uh, vexed, and uh, Jesus answered her request even though uh, she was discouraged from asking the Lord, and yet because of her importunity, her persistence, she got her, her request. And Jesus said that this woman has great faith. But the centurion that we had just read, the Roman centurion, he was called as somebody having great faith because he had a revelation of who Jesus was and what Jesus was able to do. He said to Jesus, just speak a word, a word, not the word, just a word, and my servant will be healed. And while others would have been clamoring for Jesus to touch them and to bless them, this man had a keen insight and understanding that Jesus was able to simply speak a word and it would happen. Amen. He got this because he understands from his own experience of a man that was under authority that when he spoke to those under him, it would be done. And Jesus was surely and clearly he was amazed that he would say that this man had great faith, authority, and power. I'm not sure exactly how he knew that Jesus was a Messiah. Having been a Roman, yet he understood that if Jesus spoke a word, something had to happen. He had great faith, not because of the, Syro the way that the Syrophoenician woman had great faith, that somehow she stayed on despite all of the discouragement, even the discouragement from Jesus, that she held on to him and believed him that he would answer her prayer. But for the Roman centurion, it was different. He had great faith because he had a belief that he knew that this Jesus was able to do certain things. Amen. I want you to understand today, brothers and sisters, a very simple truth. But I believe it is the start of great faith. That when you come to God, you must believe, the Bible says, that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. Uh, this is going to be a very simple message, folks. But I believe this is foundational to our understanding that you've got to believe and know that God is able. Amen. Our God is able. 
Praise God. The Bible says in Matthew 28 and 18, when Jesus spake the final words of the Great Commission, he said, all power is given unto me. He didn't say some power or just part of the power or one-third of power. He said all power. Amen. That's all-encompassing. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And I want you to understand something here today that we've got to come and believe that our God is able and the Bible tells us through the words of the Apostle Paul that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. Amen. Oh, that's all I've come to tell you here today, that my God is able. Whatever your problems are, whatever your circumstances are, whatever your situation, I've simply come to stand upon the Word of God and to declare to you that our God is able. He's able to deliver you. He's able to make you whole. He's able to come into your life. And whatever impossibility that you face, my God, Jesus Christ, is able to see you through. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That's what the Word of God declares to us. Because, listen, brothers and sisters, there is no other God. Jesus is not just another deity in a multiplicity of gods. He's not just another way. He's not just another path. But I'm declaring to you that Jesus is the only way. He said, I am the way, exclusive, the. I am the truth, the exclusive. I am the life. There is no other God. He is the creator of all life. He was there from the beginning. And when all of this is said and done, he will be there standing sitting upon the throne of God and my God is the only one true living God. Oh, hallelujah. Here, listen, you know what they teach the Jews? You know what they teach little Jewish children? When they're very young, the very first prayer that they are to pray is called the Shema. It is Deuteronomy 6.4. is the Shema, which means very simply, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I want you to know that there is only one God. There is only one Savior. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't have much time, so i got to preach it quickly. Isaiah chapter 45 and 5, he says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There it is. There is no God beside me. Hallelujah. Isaiah 45 and 18, for thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He has established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Come on, folks, we're not following just another religion. We know who he is. We know the only one true living God, and his name is Jesus. And when you call upon the name of Jesus, you call upon the name of Almighty God, who is able to deliver you. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not trying to hype you up emotionally, but I'm simply encouraging your faith today. Colossians 1 and 15, the Bible says, who is the image of the invisible God? That's Jesus Christ, the firstborn. Listen, if this God is invisible, that means you can't see him, but there is an image to the invisible, and that image is none other than Jesus. 
the, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who was the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and by him to reconcile all things unto himself. And I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how far you think you might be from God. It doesn't matter how deep in sin you think you might be. My God is able to bring you out. He's able to restore and save your soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I just want to boast on the Lord for a little while. My God, he's able. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was not a God with a little g, but the word was God. Hallelujah. In other words, in the beginning, God was thinking. What was he thinking about? About himself. He's thinking the word was with him. What was the word? It was about himself. And that's not some kind of selfish narcissism, but that's the, the, the power of our God. That's the, the foreknowledge of our God, the wisdom. And the Bible says the same was at the beginning with God, John 1 and 2. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not my God is able hallelujah our God is so powerful he spoke this world into existence our galaxy the Milky Way has a hundred thousand million stars that's ten followed by twelve zeros some of you are getting a headache right now just thinking about that. Our universe is estimated approximately to have 200 billion trillion stars. That's two with 24 zeros following that. That's a lot of stars. And in Genesis 1 and 16, when after God had created the world, the Bible simply says, and he in three words, he made the stars also. Three words to 200 billion trillion stars, he made well, the stars also. Amen. Our God is able. Paul says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding, not just exceeding, abundantly, above. He used three words, exceeding, abundantly, above, 
all that we can ask. He is able to do everything that we can ask or even imagine. Amen. I know some of you have some vivid imaginations. I know you like to imagine being a multimillionaire. I know you like to imagine winning, winning the super Powerball numbers. Amen. 120 million the other week. I know we have some. He said, what God is able to do, you don't even have enough brain cells. You don't even have enough imagination to even begin to scratch the surface of what our God is able to do. Can I tell you here today, you serve a God that is able. You think that your circumstances are too far gone. You think that the situation and that relationship is dead and there's absolutely no way you can get out of it. I simply come to declare to you a God who is able to rescue you. He's able to restore you. He's able to restore the years that the canker worm has stolen. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody know what I'm talking about here today? Can I get a witness, somebody that knows that your God is able? He can heal you of every disease. He can open up the door for you. He can make a way. God is able to heal. Hallelujah. He's able to heal. Amen. You got a room full of people here that can stand and testify of his healing power. He can heal cancers. He can heal when the doctors are limited, when there's only so much. You remember Sister Nilda? With a, with a brain tumor the size of a 50-cent coin. They were about to open up her brain, but the church began to pray. And when we prayed, and they did one more scan before they opened up her brain to, to operate, before they opened up her skull to operate. And when they looked at the scan, they said, it's gone. It's gone. There's no, there's no cancer. There's no tumor. I've come to tell you that the power of God is still available today. He's still able to heal. If he can heal 2,000 years ago, he can heal in 2022 if he can deliver if he can create this world he can make a way out of nothing hallelujah, hallelujah. glory to God he can do it today some people some folks say well miracles are for yesterday they only needed it back then because that's when the church was starting. I, I beg to differ. I'm sorry. I cannot find one scripture that says that the miraculous stopped 2,000 years ago with the disciples you want to know what the Word of God tells us? The Bible tells us that it's a promise unto you and to your children. It, that doesn't mean that all it just stops with the second generation of Pentecostals after the day of Pentecost, after Peter, James, and John, that somehow the miraculous. No, what it's referring to is for all those believers who come after them, even to 2023, there is no scripture that says that the miraculous and the supernatural has to stop. But I want you to know that even in this hour, God is still able to heal. He's still able to set free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just, just before I, I flew out of St. Louis, I, I managed to, we were at the, the, uh, the cafe there, and I saw a brother, I had lunch with Brother Matthias. You remember Brother Matthias? He's this general superintendent of Sri Lanka. He told us some, some incredible stories that happened in Sri Lanka. Just one, one little story he shared to me before we left. He said, uh, you know, I, I was... Uh, very busy one time because he said one of his one of his nephews is coming over here and he's getting ready to retire so he's getting all these men to be set up and one young man's become the assistant superintendent 
But how the story started was many years ago, he, he was uh, having some meetings in Sri Lanka. He had to go to the airport, pick up a pastor from overseas, and, and somebody came to his office, uh, another Sri Lankan man, and, and he really didn't have time. He said, look, listen, I, I'll meet him later. I, I've got to go. I've got to go to the airport. But this man insisted that he would see Brother Matthias. And Brother Matthias uh, shared the story that he was about to go, but this man was an ex-Buddhist monk. And, and Brother Matthias, prior to that, he had baptized another ex-Buddhist monk. And so this ex-Buddhist monk came to, to the, the man that Pastor Matthias had baptized and told him that, how miserable he was, that he was about to, to, to go home. He was going to kill his three children. He was going to commit suicide, him and his wife, because there was no, no purpose, no meaning in all of it. But he said before he did this, he went to his friend, who was an ex-Buddhist who had become baptized in Jesus' name. And his friend told him, listen, he told him what he was going to do. We're going to um, kill ourselves and we're going to end it all. And he said, listen, before you do that, I want you to go to see this man. And he gave him Brother Matthias's number, Pastor Matthias's number. He says, I want you, you know, if he can't help you at all, then, then, then you go home and you do whatever you need to do. But he said, I want you just to go see this man. And so he, that's where he went. He went to see Brother Matthias, who was on his way to the airport, really didn't have time. But the man pleaded with him. He said, please, Pastor, I just need to talk to you. He began to tell him the story. And Brother Matthias said he was so moved by his circumstance situation. And he said, friend, I've got somebody that can help you. I've got somebody that can fill your life with meaning, with purpose, that you don't have to go and do that. You don't have to end it all, end the life of your children. He said right there in his office, and he was so convicted because he was about to leave and say, I'll, I'll talk to you later. But he said right there in that office, he said, I'm not going to leave here until you baptize me in Jesus' name, until you pray for me. So he sent, he sent somebody else to go pick up the They prayed for him. They baptized him in Jesus' name. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Two days later, he brings his wife and children to the church. They were all prayed for. They were all received the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. The little children were baptized in Jesus' name, and now one of the sons is the assistant general superintendent who will now become the superintendent of the work in Sri Lanka. I'm telling you, there's nothing too hard for God. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're facing here today, but I want to preach to you what God gave me to preach to this service, to you here today, that your God is able. He can deliver you. He can set you free. He can save your soul. He can turn your life around. He can give you a purpose. He can give you a meaning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I'm preaching to the choir a little bit here today. I know most of you know this, most of you that are believers, but sometimes it is not the lack of ability or lack of faith in God's ability that we struggle with. We believe that he's able. We believe in it. We've read the Bible. Most of us, we know he created the world. But sometimes what we struggle with as believers is not that whether God is able, but whether God is willing uh, I know he can. I know he can heal my brother over there. I know. I know he did some stuff for my sister over here. But I don't know if he'll he'll do that for me. 
I don't know whether he's really willing. I know he's good because, and now of course, we have all of these other theological uh, uh, ramifications that we've, had to, we've got to consider. But in the opening verses that we read of Matthew chapter 8, it tells us the story about a leper, a leper who came and worshipped him. And, and you've got to understand something about lepers in this, in this time, this time period, is that they were ostracized from the rest of society. They had to stand outside. They had to virtually live outside the city limits because of their contagious diseases. And not only were they isolated, not only were they separated from the rest of the community, but there was a stigma attached to being a leper. They were considered sinners. Leprosy was a consequence of sin. And so not only were they separated, but they were looked down upon by their community. They were considered lower than the low. They were low lives. They were gutter rats. They were not considered at all to be part of, of their community. And so when this leper came, you've got to understand that there's all kinds of issues that he's got to deal with when he comes to Jesus. That's why the question was, it wasn't that are you able to heal me, but he said, are you willing to heal, to, to make me clean? Are you willing to clean me? Remember, remember in the Bible, leprosy is always cleansed. It's never healed because it, it's, it's a cleansing that takes place because it's an issue of sin. That's why leprosy is a typology. It is a type of sin. And the leper comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you are willing, if it's in your heart, if there is a desire to do something in me, an outcast of society, somebody who is not worth very much, who does not have much status within the community, somebody that's looked down upon, a nobody, the lowest of the low, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Oh, and I love the response of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus responds always. He said, I am willing. Be cleansed. Praise God. Can I tell you here today, if you've come, whatever it is, when you, if you don't know him and you say, Lord, I don't know if you, you, you have any desire, if you even think about me, if you even consider me, if you're willing, I want you to know Jesus sent me here today to tell you that he is willing, that he desires to do a work in your life. That he's not only able, but he has the willingness. He has the determination. He has the motivation. He has the very incentive from a pure heart that he wants to do something in our lives. That he wants to cleanse you from sin. That he wants to make you whole. That he wants to make you pure. I want you to know that he says, yes, I'm willing to cleanse you. Yes, I'm willing to come into your life. I'm willing to change your life <laughs> hallelujah not only is our God able I want you to know he's willing he wills to be in your life to know you and this is what we struggle with so often we feel like perhaps maybe even like this leper that we're not worthy that's, that's what the Roman centurion said. He said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. There's a sense of unworthiness that we struggle with as human beings that somehow maybe when we, in our growing up experiences, 
that we felt like we've been told we are not worthy by the way people treated us, even directly by words, that somehow we are not valued, that we are not worthy. I simply come to tell you, your God is willing. There are 2,000, over nearly 2,000 I wills in the Bible. You want to know what the will of God is? The will of God is for you to be saved. It's for you to know him, for you to walk with him, for you to have a relationship with God. So I don't know if he even thinks about me. If you are sitting here today, I want you to know you're not here by coincidence or by accident. You're not here because you stumbled along the way. There is something deep down in your soul that God began to work in you. You, don't, you didn't even recognize it was the voice of God. You didn't even realize it was him. But this desire for you to come to church is none other than the voice of God drawing you to bring you into his perfect will. Here's what Acts chapter 2, verse number 17, it says, and it shall come to pass. This is the apostle Peter saying, preaching. So shall come to pass, saith God, I will. Everyone say, I will. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. He's speaking prophetically that this is going to happen. This is not something that happened before. It will happen. And in verse number 18, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will. Everyone say, I will. I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And verse 19, and I will, everyone say, I will. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Amen. I want you to know God says, I will come into your life. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Not just some flesh. Not just the goody two-shoes. Not just those who have been in church all of their lives. But he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It doesn't matter where you come from, but God wants to pour out his spirit upon your life. Jesus said in John 16 and 17, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Spirit of Almighty God. And the good news is today you can receive the same promise. You can receive the same gift of God indwelling within us that Jesus said, if any man is thirsty, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and out of your belly will flow rivers of living water flowing unto everlasting life. Hallelujah. God is able and he is willing. Hallelujah. Fear not, he says in Isaiah, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will. You want to know what the will of God is? There it is right there. He will strengthen us. He will 
help us. I will, he says, uphold you with my righteous hand. He wills to help us, to strengthen us, to uphold us, to bless us, to fill us. You want to know the will of God? There it is. There's 2,000 I wills. God's saying, I'm going to do it for you. John 14 and 4. 14, 14, he says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. You can't get any simpler than this, this message. This is, again, I'm not trying to hype you up emotionally. I'm trying to strengthen your faith. To say, I will. See, this was the issue that the serpent, this was the, the attack that the serpent gave to Adam and Eve in the very beginning. Remember the conversation between the serpent and Eve? Did God really say that? God doesn't want, he's, he's trying to keep you. It was a question of intention and motive that he put in the heart of Adam and Eve as to whether God really has good intentions for them. Does God really, and again, it's the same struggle today. Does God really want to be with me? Does he really want to bless me? Does he really want to, to heal me? Hallelujah. I submit to you that his word is, I will. He is willing. He is able. No man comes to me except the Father has sent me. Draw him. He says in John 6, 44, and I will raise him up. If you shall ask anything in my name, he said, I will do it. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Musicians, would you like to come? He spoke through Isaiah. In 43 and 2, he says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Perhaps this is our struggle today. Not that we don't believe that God can do it, but perhaps we don't believe he will do it. I think nothing shows more of God's intention and his willingness to save us, to deliver us, to help us. Now, now, I'll just share a little testimony about what happened to me. This week, this year, I, this is my last trip, by the way. I'm so happy I don't have to travel anymore after this trip. I've been away so much this year, and, and I've had to knock back some trips, but I've been so sick this year. I've, I've had, like, the flu twice. I had covid and, and, you know, they're not, you know, I had back pain for like two weeks. I could barely walk. I, the last time I preached here, I, I preached with a twisted back. I don't know if you even recognize that. And so when I was flying to the U.S., um, you know, we only, we only pay for economy fares, 14 hours, man. And I'm praying, God, let me have an upgrade. Because I, I I'm, I'm still sick. I need to recover. And, you know, when you're a Qantas member, you can bid for upgrades. And so depending on your status, 
they prioritize so the people that are platinum get priority to get upgraded. And that was my prayer so I can have a flat lie down. I could sleep 14 hours to Dallas from Sydney. That's, that's close to demonic. I mean, that's brutal. But, but I, you know, the, the, the business class was full, and I didn't get upgraded. I didn't get upgraded. They use your points. You bid. You bid. So whoever's higher gets the win, and then you can use points. I had enough points that I could get upgraded, but I didn't get it. But, but you know, we prayed. My, you know, Mom and, and Ray, they prayed for me the, the night before, and I said, I, I said please pray, pray, for, uh, pray for an upgrade. <laughs> and he didn't. He said, no, that's I said, come on, God, I'm, I'm, I'm still sick. I'm, I'm trying to recover here. But listen, he, I didn't get upgraded. But I'll tell you something. I had to sit the whole way 14 hours. I had a seat next to me. Thank you, Jesus. That's, that's some consolation. And throughout my journey, I'll tell you how, this is how good God is. I didn't get an upgrade, but when I got off that plane, I felt 100 times better. God healed me. I know that's just small mercies, but we thank God he's willing to help us with the big things. He's also willing to help us with the little things. I believe that. I didn't get my upgrade, but I tell you, hey, my back pain is gone, and I'm feeling pretty good. I don't know, maybe it was just the junk food in the U.S. I don't know. But I tell you something, and I can, when I on my, my trip back, I said, God, please give me an upgrade again. I didn't get an upgrade. But I tell you something, I, 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 I flew in on Thursday morning, and I didn't have jet lag. I felt good. I was able to sleep normally. Here I stand, I feel 100%. Amen. That's how good God is. He may not always give you what you want, but I promise you, He's always willing to help you. If He doesn't deliver you from your problems, He's going to strengthen you through your problems. He's going to use you. He'll never leave you alone. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Whatever it is you've got to go through, you invite Jesus into your circumstance, and he's going to help you. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I've got to finish. But let me close with this one text. You know, remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They said, no, I'm not, we're not going to bow down, even though they were held captive. They had some convictions, folks. Man, they could have had their whole life set for them if they simply bowed down to the image of Nebuchadnezzar the king. Once they hear the music, they say, you're required to bow down. But you know what? They refused to bow down when everybody else was doing it. Listen, you don't have to follow everybody else. You just follow your God. Everybody else tells you, no, you can never live a holy life. You can never live a righteous life. You, you go do what everyone else is doing. You go do watch porn. You go and just do drugs and alcohol. That's what everybody would try to tell you. Listen, that's not true. You can be, you can be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to say, no, I refuse to bow down. Listen, I'm a testimony that can show you that you can live a righteous life. I'm not perfect, but listen, I don't do the stuff I used to do, and you can live righteously before God. Don't believe a lie from the devil to tell you you can't do it. Everybody else, nobody else is going to church. Nobody else is being a Christian. No, there is a remnant. You just go to some of these third world countries, you see how strong the church is because they don't have Medicare. They don't have Department of Housing. They don't have, if they, if they, have, if they don't have work, they have no money. They literally got to rely on God. Literally. 
Rely on God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I got to close. I'm sorry. They said, man, you, you better bow down. The book of Nezer said, that they, they said, you're going to get thrown in the fiery furnace. You're going to die. In chapter 3 of Daniel, verse 16, they said, the boy said, answered, said to the king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, they were respectful. We respect you, king. We're not, we're not out to attack you. We have no need to answer you in this matter. And in that case, our God, watch this, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Hallelujah. They were convinced that their God was able to see them through. Our God is able. To deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will. There it is. Not only did they believe that their God is able to set them free. They were convinced in their words, he will deliver us. He's going to do it. Hallelujah. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. And then verse number 18. Here, here's wisdom. Here's maturity. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the God, the gold image that you have set up. He said, my God, we know that our God is able to deliver us. And we know that he is willing, that he desires good things for me. He desires to help me. He desires to, to intervene in my life. But if not, it's okay. I can still sing and declare that God is willing and he is able. That's a little disclaimer at the end. Sometimes he won't always answer our prayers. Otherwise, we will live to 500 years if he always asks us to heal us of every sickness, including old age. No. God is willing and able. But if not, we know that he will still do something. You know what happened? They threw them into the burning fiery furnace. It was seven times hotter that they made it. But instead of them being destroyed... God said, I'm not going to let you go through the fire alone. But there was a fourth, a fourth man, the one like unto the Son of Man, that was the presence of God. He said, I know my God is willing and able to deliver me. He wants to, and that's what I'm going to pray today. But if not, I know that if i got to go through the fire, he's going to be there, right there with me. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Nothing shows the willingness of God more that God is willing to help us than what Jesus did for us. That if God can show to us and express to us in human terms that we can understand how much God is willing to be with us, we see it through the cross. That Jesus to show to us how far he would go for you and I. How much he means what he said. How much he means to fulfill what he promised. By him going all the way to the cross. To dying an excruciating kind of death on this cross. To show us how much he means to fulfill his will in our lives. Hallelujah. He wills to fill you with his spirit.
to touch your body, to heal you, to change you. I wonder if you could lift up your voice all over this building right now. I've got to stop. But I believe God wants to do a work in somebody's life. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we know you're able, Lord. We believe, Lord God, that there is surely nothing too hard. That you created this world, you can heal our bodies. You can make a way. You can open the door for a job. You can find a way for us to find a house. Whatever the needs are, Lord, there's nothing too hard. And today we come with faith believing that you are willing. That you know us better than we know ourselves. That you've numbered the hairs on our heads. That every single one of us, though not everybody may know our name and even in this church, yet you know our name, Lord. You see us in our circumstance and you desire to bring us through. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to open up this altar to you if you'd like to come. If you believe that God is able and that he wills, he's willing to help you, why don't you show that faith and that belief by stepping out of your seats, walking down the aisle and finding the place at this altar. Ministers and leaders are coming. If you need healing in your body, he is able. If you need deliverance, he is able. If you need help with your circumstances, he is able and he is willing to help you through your circumstance. If you need to repent of your sin, become a follower of Jesus, he is willing, he's able to turn your life around. He's willing to accept you. In fact, he's so willing that he gave his life. He shed his precious blood just for you to call you to himself, to bring salvation to your life. If you believe here today that he is able and that he is willing, why don't you come? Why don't you reach out to the Lord all over this building? Call upon his name. Hallelujah. Believe by faith. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I know you're willing to work through my life.